0: Spring football is just around the corner with the game coming up just over a week away. And with the players kind of getting into the rhythm of the system and getting things going with the new coordinators, Jeff Hafley talked on Wednesday and gave some really important updates about where BC's at and what we should expect from the Eagles. <laughs> You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome. This is Locked On BC. I'm your host, AJ Black. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit Fanduel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Well, we have a big grab bag of football news to get into today. I hope you guys are ready because I sure am going to talk about spring practice and where things are at with the Eagles. we got some big updates from Jeff Hafley You're going to want to know about, including some injury news that you're going to want to be sure you're aware of transfer portal news. We have baseball news, not good ones, and a lot more today for today's show. If this is your first time listening to Locked on BC, check us out by hitting subscribe. Make sure that you are hitting that. Uh, We are getting closer and closer to 1,000 subscribers. We are only 110 away. Hopefully you can join us there. So let's get into this. Let's get into football. Now, the spring game, the Jay McGillis game is just a week away. And there's only a few practices left because BC is going to be taking some time off for Easter. Catholic school makes sense, right? Well, Jeff Halfley on Wednesday gave his press conference to kind of get things going and show where the program is going under you know, with a lot of change after a three and nine year, they've got new coordinators on both sides of the ball, a lot of new faces and he had some interesting updates. So let's, let's go into the first one, Christian Mahogany. I think this is the name everyone wants to know about Christian. Sometimes he's sometimes lurking in our comment section. I don't know if he's there tonight. Um, You know, this is a, a all ACC guard on a offensive line that needed a lot of help and they're getting, this is as good as getting a transfer this year because this kid is going to be the real deal. Well, on Wednesday he had his first full practice back. That's great news. He hurt his knee oh, uh, just a little over a year ago. Um, about a year ago, now he would have been doing the keg stander in the spring game, but he's he's now looks like he's ready to come back. And you know, Halfley has said earlier on in uh, the spring that he's been kind of being careful with Christian to get him the experience he needs, but also making sure no like stupid mistakes happen that get him hurt again um, during spring practice. So that that that's big news. And in terms of injuries as well, George Takis, the tight end who showed some flashes, I think specifically in that Rutgers game, you saw him, but he was banged up all last year. The guy was playing hurt. I mean, some of the games you remember watching him and he was limping off the field, but BC had no depth. A tight end to really deal with that. Well, he is completely hundred percent too. So that's two good news of guys that have just been banged up and ready to go. And that's what you expect, right? This, these are not like mahogany's good news because it was just a it was a big time injury that he suffered. Takis, you just expected he would be back and ready to go. But you got those though. The, the injury news is good. There hasn't been any negative. Um. You know, BC obviously is going to be really close to the vest on releasing any injury updates. But Halfley has said in previous press conferences that they're about as healthy as they can get. So hopefully, you know, they can escape the spring with no big injuries this year that nothing bad happens. Because as he has said, and I agree with him, this is as deep of a team as they have. This is not a team that has um, major uh issues in terms of depth you're not plugging in guys that are out of place you know i don't i don't i'm not going to say the talent i I, that's up to them to say where the talent's at but i'm going to say the depth they've got guys to play it finally they've got the dudes okay so that those were some big injury updates now you guys are probably looking at like okay who are some of the names we need to watch for the spring right who are some of the big um you know newer names that are going to pop up, and he brought up a name I think a lot of folks are going to want to know about that, and that's Dino Tomlin. Dino Tomlin, if you wa- if if you survive the end of last year, I know some folks by the time he started to come onto the scene around the NC State game had already tuned out on BC, but <clears throat> Tomlin last year really showed up once Emmett Moorhead came out. I mean, there must have been, and I think the two of them have talked about it. Some really good chemistry between those two on the second team offense, and once they both got installed into the into the um, into the main, you know, first stringers, they they really clicked. It was very clear that Dino Tomlin, obviously the son of Mike Tomlin, um, he had some special connection. He just seemed to know. And I thought Halfley had some really good comments. I'm going to read you what Halfley said about Tomlin. He said, Dino is one of the best guys with energy, said Halfley. You know, the feeling you had around Zay Flowers, the positive, upbeat type? That's Dino. Smart, reliable personality. He keeps showing up. But it's not, and then I said, it's not just personality that has caught his coach's attention. It's his preparation and what he brings to the field. He also said, he always knows what he's doing. He always brings energy in the huddle. He's always in a good mood. He always has a smile on his face. He's a productive guy. He's a good football player. He's become one of our leaders. Now, if you're watching along on YouTube, you see Dino right there. That's him, number 13. Um, he's slapping high fives with, I think that's Ish Zamor. So Dino Tomlin, I, I think, you know, I think we'll have Mitch on later and we'll get to see what it what it's like. But you're looking at a the wide receiver position. A lot of folks want to know how you're going to replace Zay. And I think you have three wide receivers that are going to really show show up to start off. That's going to be Ryan O'Keefe, Joseph Griffin, and I'm going to say Dino Tomlin. I think Dino Tomlin's going to be one of the starters. You're going to see Jaden Williams and um, Lewis Bond behind them, but I think those three guys are going to be the starters and getting those big-time minutes. And you're never going to replace Zay. And I think that is obviously an understatement. But you're starting to build depth. And with Jalen Gill gone, and at the time of this recording, there's no news, but I've heard that we'll probably get some updates on him soon. Um, with him gone, you have guys that can step up and play in. You know what I mean? Guys that can go in and 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 do what he needed to do and, ha- and also develop into some really good wide receivers. So in a moment, we're going to get into... I want to get into some more things about this uh, that Halfley said, including the NFL draft with Zay Flowers and recruiting. And also, I have a little bit I want to talk about about Jeremiah Franklin. I think you're going to want to hear what I have to say about that in just a moment. Now, the NBA playoffs are almost here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel. America's number one sports book because new customers get a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download FanDuel. It's safe, it's secure, and it's super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything for the money line to point scores and threes drained. I'm getting ready for some three points drained by Jason Tatum deals, and I got to find out what those lines are. I'll be heading over to FanDuel later to see what his his stats are at. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. This is AJ Black. Thank you for listening to our show. And if you have a button right now and hit the like button too, it does push our videos out into more feeds. And I love to get the attention of our listeners and, and finding new listeners is something I'm always looking to do. So we're talking spring football here, right? And one of the things that I think we, we're going to talk about as well is Some of the new guys we just mentioned, we talked about Dino Tomlin, but another thought um, came up that was, I think is a bigger deal. It it needs to have a bigger season is Jeremiah Franklin. Jeremiah Franklin was a freshman tight end last year who came in and let's just be frank. He had a tough year. He didn't look very, uh, I mean, he was thrown right as half even halfway said it. I, I mean, any viewer can watch it and see it. He was just thrown right into the fire. BC had no depth at tight end. And so when Takis went down and Franklin had to go in, he wasn't completely ready. He wasn't even, like, college size at that point. And he looked raw. He looked so raw. He had drops. He struggled in pass blocks. It, was, it, was, it wasn't pretty. But Halfley seems to think, and, you know, take it with a grain of salt, that the depth is going to be addressed this year. He says George Tack is completely healthy. And sophomore tight end Jeremiah Franklin has taken a huge step, you know, physically. He's taken one of the biggest jumps, he said. And I mean, if you just look at the the weights, he's put on 2025 20, pounds. And this, I mean, last year was just so hard to tell what Jeremiah Franklin was going to be <coughs> because he he was so raw. He just wasn't he wasn't ready to be out there. So if he's ready to be out there, that's gonna be huge because BC is going to need a handful of um, recruit uh, tight ends out there. And now that Spencer Witter has gone, you're down to like Hans Lillis, Jeremiah Franklin, and George Takis. I That's enough, but you need Jeremiah Franklin to step up. You need Jeremiah Franklin to really become that tight end number two for you. And he's got to he's got to progress. He's gonna have to take a big step up, and that's a big question mark of whether he can do that. Um, I I mean, covering his recruiting, he's a good catching wide receiver, uh, tight wide receiver, tight end kind of. Uh, He's got good hands on him, but we didn't see that last year. So that's gonna be a big that's a big storyline to watch. Because as Halfley said, Chazinski Rob Chazinski's offense, which is what they're installing. And and it's not going to be a huge difference from what we saw in years past. It's still a pro style offense. Has a very specific role for tight ends, and they're very important both in the run and pass block and in the pass catching game. So Jeremiah Franklin's going to have a bigger role, and he's going to be able. He's going to need to be able to step up and handle that if this offense is going to work to the level that it needs to to be successful. Well, that's a big question mark. Will he be able to do that? So that's another point that I thought he brought up that was interesting. And, you know, if you follow me on, on 247, you know I'm a big – my, my bread and butter is recruiting. And I've had a lot of updates. I've had lists of all the recruits that have come. I mean, if you, if you have been on 247 and are a VIP member, you see that there's been 40 guys on campus every weekend. And Halfley kind of gave his philosophy about, about recruiting. And I think it's interesting to share with you folks so you can, you can understand why he does what he does in terms of visits and get a better perspective of how the coaching staff sees how they bring kids in. Now, recruiting has had two cycles since the end of the year, uh, end of the end of the football year. There was some at the end of January, and there has been some that have gone through spring. There'll be a dead period. I think the dead period for recruiting goes right after the spring game until I think it's May 31st, if I remember correctly. Now, the June recruiting period for BC was surprisingly quiet, I have to say. There were like, I'd get the list and there were like seven, eight kids while you had some programs having 30 kids on campus. And I was like, what the heck is up with that? Like, why would BC like, prevent themselves from getting kids on campus. I was like, weather? I mean, it was crappy weather in New England. Maybe that's why they had it. But Halfley said <clears throat> that he wants to have kids on campus when they're practicing for a couple of reasons. He'd rather have them on when they're practicing so he can see the coaches at work so the kids be getting into being as part of this program. He, they gives them a chance for the kids, the recruits, to talk to players on the team. Like if they just come at some random time and the kids are not on campus, what good is that going to do? And it also gives a kit, those recruits, a chance to sit in on meetings and sit in on and get a chance to talk to the staff um, about things that are going on. So they can kind of get a better gauge. It sounds like from both sides, right? The coaches can see how the kids are engaged into the game plan and things like that. And the kids get a chance to see what's going on on campus. I mean, hate it or love it, I don't think it's the the worst idea. And that's why every single time that there's a practice, I mean, just Wednesday, they had 40 kids on campus again. And they're not just local kids this time. Like some of those numbers are kind of swollen with local kids that are just never going to get offers. There were kids from California, Utah, Florida. They were all over the place on campus. And and that's a credit to BC. <clears throat> I, I like I, – I, I I respect – his opinion on this. I don't think it's the worst idea. I'm not the biggest fan of wasting recruiting periods because you're BC. You need to get kids in front of you as much as possible. But if you're strategic about it, I guess it's not the worst thing in the world. And excuse me. um, You know, I think BC has done a nice job of getting a lot of the targets that they want on campus. So that was another thought. And then finally, the last piece about his uh, rec- um, his press conference that I thought was interesting was he talked about Zay, and as we said, we're locked on Zay Flowers right now, and so it, so is Halfley. Halfley is planning on going to Las Vegas to um, be there with Zay when Zay gets his uh, his name called because Zay's going to be there to to you know, get his hat and go out there and shake Roger Goodell's hand and, you know, get his jersey and whatnot. Well, Halfley will be there. And some folks have asked me, Halfley was there last year for Zion Johnson as well. So this will be the second straight year. I also saw someone who is really negative about BC, and, I mean, you're, you're entitled to what you want to believe, saying that this is just Halfley leeching onto Adazio. I go, you know, that Zay wasn't his recruit, so why is he leeching on to this? This isn't his recruit. And I want to say, come on. Okay, half, yeah, credit to Adazio for identifying Zay Flowers. But if Steve Adazio was still the head coach of Boston College, Zay Flowers would have been running jet sweeps for the last three years and would have never have found the role that he found right now. Steve Adazio never figured out how to use a wide receiver correctly. And even if he was smacked in the face with Zay Flowers – he would have never been able to use him. He probably would have wasted him, and Zay Flowers would have ended up in the transfer portal. So, yeah, he's a Dazio, but Jeff Halfley developed um, Jeff Halfley and his staff developed Zay Flowers. That is their credit. They, you know, he could have left after last year, and he he stayed and had that career year because of Jeff Halfley. Um, and and this is not to be like you know constantly like blowing um you know pumping his tires this is just telling you the truth here so that's cool so halfway will be there with with zay flowers at the draft now in our final segment i have transfer portal news and some baseball updates that we'll get into and i'll I'll go to your call your chat um your messages as well so hit up the chat right now if you have um anything you're thinking about if you're watching along on youtube we'll be back in just a moment This is Locked On BC, AJ Black. Happy Friday, and if you're celebrating Easter, happy Easter, happy Passover to all our Jewish friends out there, if you're celebrating that as well. Now, there was some transfer portal news on Thursday as um, defensive back Steve Lubisher entered the transfer portal. This is a uh, backup, strong safety. He was on the two deep last year. He played, I think it was 21 snaps, had seven tackles. Um, played a lot of mop-up duty. <clears throat> From Red Bank Catholic, he was a class of 2019, so I think he has like two years of uh, eligibility left. I mean, honestly, this one doesn't surprise me. I'm honestly surprised Lubesher sure didn't leave earlier. Um, But, you know, he's going to enter, and I saw he was just offered by Bowling Green and Scott Leffler, who was part of the staff when he was – I no, actually, he wasn't there. Uh, you know, I don't think this is bad because I don't think he had a role on this team. He the, you know, I think for safeties, they're going to go with probably the new guys. They're going to go with, um, you know, Cole Batson and maybe Sioni Halla. You'll see, you're not going to see Steve Lubbershire out here. So it, it was, he's graduated. He's got his degree. He's going to go try to find a new program. That's going to pay, you know, that's, that's going to let him play. So all the best luck to him. It just didn't work out here. Now, baseball news is next. The Eagles played Louisville in a top 20 matchup where BC is ranked number nine. Louisville is number 17. And Louisville, they uh they beat BC and they took a after BC went up one nothing, Louisville scored the next five runs, six runs, excuse me, went up six one. BC scored three in the top of the ninth and had the winning runs, uh tying runs on base, but were unable to do it. Uh, you know you're going to pitch better when you're playing against teams like Louisville, Louisville. I was looking at their lineup. Every guy's hitting like 300. So uh, BC to just going to play better here. And uh, they got two more games coming up and you know, it, that's the joy of baseball. It's a three game series. You can still turn this around. It's not the end of the world for the Eagles, uh, but you want to see some wins. And so hopefully uh, with Chris Flynn on the, f- on the mound tomorrow, BC will be able to figure things out. I think that's everything for news. Um, Oh, and then there was uh, be- speaking of baseball. There was baseball projections, uh, and I, I don't know if I mentioned it yesterday. I apologize if I did. Uh, D one baseball had their um, their bracketology basically, and BC would be hosting right now if the season ended. You'd have a series at Brighton. B- BC has the potential to do this, and the pr- the projections would be Central Connecticut, Yukon, and Northeastern. Would love that. That'd be a fun like local thing, but you gotta win. To, to, to host. So hopefully BC can continue to start to mount up some wins and figure things out tomorrow. Now let's go to our chat. Thank you all who have left chats. Let's we'll see what you guys have to say about today's show. Um, <clears throat> football fan says, Any word if the D will actually tackle during the spring game or are they going to replicate last fall's FSU game and avoid all tackles? Um th- it's not I I I know this is like easy just to bash BC staff but that's what they do in every game. I mean it's like across the country that's what they do. Um they wrap up they do thud tackling. It's not it's not they just don't want to get guys hurt. What why risk getting guys like like having Pat Garo rip his ACL or something over a stupid spring game. Um so that's that's my thoughts on that. I don't think I don't think it's going to be any different. Marty Party says Griffin Ryan O'Keefe and Jaden Williams will be starters with Tomlin and skeet as primary backups. Yeah. I mean, maybe I don't know who's going on it. Marty also says night closing it on 900. I'm getting there folks. Hit that subscribe button. If you're listening, right. Len Schuber says if Steve was still Boston college football coach, Zay flowers would have been the next Jeff Smith. who was not drafted. Amen. Len. <laughs> and that's our last comment. Um, yeah, and then Marty are so Marty just had one come up. Bowling green is the land of misfit Eagles. Quite a few players have transferred there. Yes. I mean, CJ Lewis, Matt McDonald. I'm sure there's others I'm missing. Uh, those are the last ones I've seen. And it's, it's Leffler. Leffler had a, a bunch of guys that he was involved with that were there. That's why I almost said Lubasher, but Lubasher was 2019. And that I don't think Leffler was there when that happened. Um, so I don't, I I'm curious to see why, why he's being recruited by them. But you could see him there. I believe Finn Durstine has an offer from Bowling Green. Finn Durstine, a uh, former BC offensive lineman has offers from basically the entire Mac at this point. Um, I've seen him there. Josh Deberry, He's, he's looking, it seems like sec and big 10. Um, but we'll have to wait and see where those guys go. And, um, and you know, there may be more, I- I'm telling you folks, you heard it here first. You're going to know about it now. And you're going to say, AJ, you were right. BC is not done shopping the portal. I'm going to tell you right now, they will be shopping at the end of this month. You'll see their names uh, associated with a bunch of new players. And I, I, I would be surprised if Steve Lubisher is the last name that we hear leave BC. Okay. I, it's just, it's just the new, it's the new norm for football and BC's is not um, bulletproof from this. It's going to change. Things are changing. And I think that's, what's going to happen again. So thank you all for subscribing and listening to our channel We'll be back again tomorrow – actually, not tomorrow. We'll be back on Monday after Easter to talk about this weekend, any news that's popped up. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at AJBlack_BC, underscore BC, and we'll see you again soon. Take care, everyone.